Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Hey, it's Erica Cruz Guevara with a quick message. We're hiring an intern. If you're passionate about local news, if you dig what we do, you should consider applying. This is a part-time opportunity that pays $16.99 an hour. The internship runs from January 9th through July 1st of 2023. If you're interested in helping me, Maria, and Alan make this show, peep the link in our show notes to apply. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. So it's been a chaotic few weeks at Twitter. Since Elon Musk took over the site, thousands of people have been laid off, and sorting what's real and what's fake on there just got even harder. There's also another unlikely victim of Musk's Twitter takeover. Thousands of dollars in donations to veterans and unhoused people in San Francisco, where the company is headquartered. I have never experienced a funder just simply disregard the agreement. Uh, So this is a first. I mean, I just think that whether it's a dollar or a million dollars, I think it's pretty chicken shit that this is happening. Along with many other things at Twitter, the company's Twitter for Good team is pausing all donations. And that's left some local charities in limbo. Today, how pandemonium at Twitter is trickling down to folks who need help the most. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. Let's really kind of dial it back to like 2010. Mid-market was in shambles. Joe Fitzgerald Rodriguez is a producer and reporter for KQED's Politics and Government Desk. It was uh, a place of 
uh, rampant homelessness and drug use, many empty buildings, empty offices. A lot of rundown buildings uh, and a lot of street activities that are very challenging for business to be located. Then Mayor Ed Lee, may he rest in peace, uh, believed that luring Twitter into a building on Midmarket would anchor the neighborhood and lead to a bloom there. We enticed them with this proposal, the Midmarket uh, tax exemption proposal, uh, and we allowed them to consider being the first anchor of perhaps a number of companies, maybe tech companies that also take advantage of this. He offered a payroll tax exemption, kind of dubbed the Twitter tax break, that would allow Twitter to move in more affordably, and then the community benefits agreement was part of that. And that agreement was to have volunteer hours, to uh, give to local nonprofits, to offer free pro bono legal assistance, to expressly focus on improving educational outcomes for youth and foster youth, and to uh, help the social media capacity of nearby nonprofit groups. And where has this money really made an impact? There's about 30 local organizations total that get donations of some sort from Twitter. All sorts of nonprofits that are housing related uh, in the tenderloin and helping at-risk people. I should say that, you know, reportedly Twitter hasn't always fulfilled every iota of this community benefits agreement, at least uh, according to previous reports. But it wasn't just money that Twitter was putting into nonprofits' hands. It was volunteer time. It was facilities. It was uh, uh, to host these things. It was uh, staff, even janitorial staff, uh, which can also be pretty expensive. And it was volunteer time from its own employees to give tutoring services. Can you walk me through how these organizations that you spoke to found out that Twitter was pulling its donations? Can you give me an example? Swords to Plowshares is a nonprofit in San Francisco uh, that raises money to help homeless veterans. It helps them connect them with housing and with services. Swords to Plowshares and Twitter have been working together for a few years, starting with the Twitter for Good team. Colleen Murakami with Swords to Plowshares, you know, she's an old hand at this. She's uh, been in this biz for a long while. A really excellent guy named Carl Robillard who came from the community at St. Anthony's and he helped us get involved by uh, first starting to provide these holiday meals for our unhoused veterans and has since increased that partnership to this year being, you know, a $10,000 sponsorship for our annual fundraiser. They threw a gala to honor veterans for Veterans Day. Uh, Mayor Breed was there and some of the, the supervisors. And of course, as is tradition for, for you know annual fundraisers, you honor your partners with their logo and advertisements and press releases and other materials. Uh, and Twitter was among those recognized. And then the uh, Swords of Plowshare staffers, you know, wake up the next day and there's an email. We woke up to an email uh, that they had canceled our invoice and they had no intention of paying the donation for this year's event. We uh, aren't able to give you that $10,000 right now. We are pausing it indefinitely while checking in with our new leadership. And there's a second email that just comes from the vendor. Vendor services, transaction canceled. I have 
in my 14 years at Swords to Plowshares, I have never uh, experienced a funder just simply disregard the agreement. For Colleen Murakami with Swords to Plowshares, it wasn't the money itself. It was the principal and at the possibility of hurting other nonprofits who really needed it. It's really unprofessional and uh, I'm concerned about all the other agreements that Twitter has with the community, particularly those in the tenderloin and, you know, all the housing providers. Those are some of the folks that they support, like St. Anthony's at, you know, significant levels. And are they going to leave those folks also high and dry with promises that they made? Another uh, group that really lost out is Compass Family Services. They're a uh, longstanding 100-plus-year-old San Francisco group that helps at-risk families, especially. You know, these are parents. These are kids uh, who are either homeless or on the verge of homelessness. And Twitter for Good, it's kind of philanthropic arm that was formed in the community benefits agreement with San Francisco. Actually, it's actually in the written form. It says you will form Twitter for Good. They uh, had a volunteer week. Uh, which was supposed to be this week, this very week where we're talking right now. And Twitter volunteers would come and help uh, families, connect them with services, housing services, uh, job market services, give them digital skills that they could use to help get jobs. And Twitter funded that to the tune of $175,000. And that's just out the window. As of now, unfortunately, we don't know what that future is. Madeline Limos is a spokesperson for Compass Family Services. And, um, you know, as Madeline told me, uh, this program is something uh, that Twitter employees themselves have really valued over time to be able to help connect with their community. Every Twitter employee that I've ever talked to after a volunteer event tells me how much they loved getting to meet our families, getting to meet our children, getting to take part in that. It was yet another way for the San Francisco community to invest back in some of our most vulnerable families. And it really brought people who might otherwise not have been able to interact together. It really was a place of community for everyone. I mean, I just like remember Twitter's existence in San Francisco's mid-market kind of really being a symbol of gentrification for many people. And it sounds like what these employees were doing was really one way that they tried to show that they were contributing to the community. But now that's gone. I mean, what do you think this story signals in terms of like Twitter's role in the community and what its role should look like now? Well, what we're seeing is that there was never any teeth in that community benefits agreement. And the community benefits agreement was never something they were held to in a legal sense. And that might be instructive going forward. We've also seen mid-market return to a bit of a dilapidated state in the wake of the pandemic. A lot of Ed Lee's hopes for the area were seen in his lifetime. But after his death a few years back and after the pandemic, we've seen that area return to empty retail buildings and a, a rough condition out there on the streets for people living there. The whole point of getting Twitter to agree to a community benefits agreement in San Francisco was to lure Twitter into San Francisco as an anchor. Uber, Square, those businesses all downtown in the mid-market area, as we call it, sprouted in the shadow of Twitter. 
And now uh, with an uncertain future for Twitter, whether it's employees are in the office or Twitter stays in San Francisco or it remains a donor, who knows what that means for the other companies in the future. I mean, what do you think this story says about what's to come for the future of Twitter in San Francisco? This fallout from Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter is something that's, you know, affecting folks worldwide. It's affecting huge multinational billion dollar companies, um, impacting their bottom lines. It's impacting thousands of employees who've been laid off uh, and the taxes of San Francisco, which depend on them. But for all of those far-reaching implications, I think it's worth highlighting that there are smaller tragedies happening. And some of that uh, we see with the folks who are losing out on a warm meal in December, who are homeless, those who are looking for a job for their families who may not get the training they need or that they were hopeful for in order to lift themselves out of poverty. Little little stories, nothing so large that it'll grace the front page of the New York Times like Elon Musk layoffs did or the hits to the pharmaceutical companies. But um, nonetheless, little tragedies in our own backyard. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you. Since the news of Twitter's pause on donations, Carl Robillard, Twitter's former head of social impact, tweeted that over 100 ex-employees have expressed interest in continuing philanthropic work in the community. Joe Fitzgerald Rodriguez is a producer and reporter for KQED's Politics and Government Desk. That 2011 interview you heard with Ed Lee was conducted by Adam Lashinsky on CNN. We'll leave you a link to Joe's full web article on this story in our show notes. This 30-minute conversation with Joe was cut down and edited by producer Maria Esquinka. I scored this one and added all the tape. Alan Montecilio is our senior editor. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.